0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is season two, episode number seven. It's going to be a real life stories edition with a guy named Jerry Carnes. Super excited for this one. I know that you're going to be encouraged and blessed. One of the things that you guys asked for as we started season two was more stories, more of the real life powerful stories of how God works in the hearts and lives of people. So this is going to be a great one. Thank you for all of you that listen. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with christ so please like share subscribe tell someone about the grace point daily podcast i know it's going to encourage you well let's welcome him to the podcast he is none other than jerry carnes welcome jerry carnes
1: thank you thank you pastor thank you for the opportunity of being here and it's a joy to be here and to share with you uh And uh, hopefully those out there who are listening uh, will get a blessing and uh, be able to draw some strength from uh, real-life experiences.
0: Amen. Well, round of applause for you, Jerry Carnes. This is your first ever podcast right here, right now.
1: First podcast.
0: (laughs) Now you can go tell all your friends, your kids, your grandkids, your wife, hey, I've been on a podcast. How about you? I'll do that. All right. Well, Jerry Carnes, you're you're an awesome man of God. You go to the church that I pastor, Grace Point, here in Carthage, Missouri. And uh, man, you are a husband. You're a father, grandfather. You're a business owner. You're a musician. You are an artist. You are a, a whole bunch of things. I mean, how do you answer that question when someone up? Comes up to you and says, "Who is Jerry Carnes?" What well, do you say to that?
1: You're asking a whole lot. Perhaps maybe you overloaded <laughs> me a little
0: bit. Well, you are a great you are a great guy, Pastor Jerry, and I appreciate you. You know, you're one of those guys. I still remember. I think it was my first Sunday, and I was getting to know everyone. Right? You're the new guy, and you're you're being watched by everyone. And I remember Jerry Carnes walking up to me. And you kind of had that look in your eye, and I said, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Is this going to be a good experience or a bad experience?" But you gave me nothing but love and nothing but support and for that I appreciate you very much.
1: Well I appreciate you Pastor. (laughs) Well let's
0: dive into it, Jerry. You're ready to go here. You've thought about this. Let's dive into the story of Jerry Carnes.
1: Okay. I, uh, for those of you who want a little bit of background, uh, uh, at this year, I'm 85 years old, and I'm going to share a lot of my life's history, and I'm going to share some stories with you out of my heart. And uh, I want to share some things with you that have formed my life and, and, and my my values mm-hmm. and uh, the values that I have tried to impart into my children. And so I guess going forward, when I was a young boy, the first memories I have of my father was the fact that my father and my mother were separating. And a a boy at a young age does not understand why Mm -hmm. that a father and a mother are separated. I mean, you love your father, you love your mother. And so at that age, when you're not emotionally stable, you're actually torn between two people. Right. And I didn't understand that. And uh, it it puzzled me, and and it, it overshadowed me for a good number of years. And so anyway, uh, that being moving on, my dad moved out, and he moved into the YMCA uh, in Joppa, Missouri, and lived there a while. And then he finally moved off down into Texas. And at that point in time, I, I just almost lost contact uh, with my father.
0: Well, how old were you when that happened, Jerry? Oh, I,
1: I'm, I'm only guessing. I'm going to say probably uh, 10, 12 years old, but I'm, I'm only guessing. You got to understand, I'm, I'm going back uh, <laughs> 75
0: years. Right, right. But that is, you know, I can relate with you in that regards from a broken home uh divorced parents how powerful that moment of separation is to a young person you know we're whether we know jesus or not we are built to understand right and wrong and when we see that as a young person you know it just doesn't make sense to us which is what you said right
1: well that's exactly right and and it uh, if if you will allow it to it will scar your heart but yes. uh, anyway god can overcome those things now, we'll share that a little later on amen Well, uh, that being said, uh, now my mother was a single parent, and so uh, we moved in with her grandparents, which were my biological grandfather and grandmother, and uh, my mother had to have some uh, employment, obviously, to support us, and so uh, she moved in, and she got a job with the Corps of Engineers, and that's when Camp Crowder was going back during World War II, and uh, so she moved into the camp down there, and uh, that was her permanent job. And uh, so she's got a job with the Corps of Engineers, with the uh, uh, District uh, Corps of Engineers out of Kansas City, Missouri, was uh, administering the camp. And so she got a job there. And uh, when Camp Crowder began to close, my, my mother was, was a very, very structured person and uh, very proficient. And so uh, they recommended her to be moved and transferred to the Corps of Engineers district office, the main district office in Kansas City, Missouri. And so that's where we moved, and we picked up everything. And I left my grandparents and all the people that I knew here in Joplin and moved into a strange, strange town and strange <laughs> people in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, later on after that, uh, my, uh, my mother remarried, but uh, that's another story at another time. Did you
0: did you in that experience as a young person? Did you have hatred for your dad? I mean, you went with your mom. Uh, did, did you have anger, bitterness? Was it towards your dad or your mom or just the whole situation in general?
1: I I, I had no bitterness toward my father, but I, I had I had extreme confusion. You see, uh, he, here here's the fact: uh, I, I had never done anything wrong. I had never shamed him. I yeah. I I've, 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 was never in any trouble at that point in in my life. And I didn't understand why in the world that someone who was my biological father, that in my veins yeah. flowed part of his blood, hmm. would would reject. And I had he had absolutely no contact with me, zero, nothing. And and uh, hmm. uh, it uh, I didn't get bitterness, but I certainly w- was confused for a good number of years.
0: Wow. So you're growing up in Kansas City. Is is Kansas City, I mean, I hate driving through Kansas City (laughs) at this point in my life, but was that a big city? Did it feel like a big city, or did you feel like you were a city kid growing up?
1: Oh, I probably didn't know any better. (laughs) I I just went up in there and and got in there and, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, started school there, and and I had a bicycle, and I literally rode that bicycle literally all over Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas City, Kansas. (laughs) So uh, it, it didn't bother me.
0: Wow, okay. Well, let's keep moving on the story here. It Says you started, then you start in school in KC. started spending summers in Joplin.
1: Yes, I I spent my uh, my summers uh, in in Joplin, Missouri. I I would go uh, in in the fall when I went through a, a school in Kansas City, Missouri, and then uh, every summer I would leave Kansas City and I came back down to Joplin and I spent the uh, that particular time with my grandparents and uh, we we really bonded. My grandparents were Godly people. And, uh, uh, then, also not only just on, uh, on the summertime, but, uh, many times during the week, uh, at that point in time, the Kansas city Southern railroad had uh, passenger trains that ran from, uh, Kansas city, Missouri, pump down into Louisiana. And, uh, my folks would allow me to get on the train and I would get on at Kansas city at the union station and come down here and uh, get oh, off wow. at Joplin. <laughs> and my grandparents would pick me up at the old Union Depot uh, down in Joffa, Missouri. Wow! And then in the week on the on the on the latter part of the weekend, then they'd get me a ticket, and I'd get on the train and go back to Kansas City. And so I spent a lot of lots of lots of time with my grandparents
0: <laughs> on the good old train. We don't do that, you know. That it's amazing. I talked to someone the other day, or excuse me, a while back, they actually took a train from Utah to. Denver, Colorado, and we forget, you can still take the train today You can, if you want to, but not many people do nowadays.
1: No, no, there's a, <laughs> too many modes of transportation. I
0: want to try that sometime, though. I want to take like a long trip on a train and see what that experience would be like. But looking here at your story, Jared, it looks like that your first exposure to God or your first godly experience was with your grandparents. Is that true?
1: That's exactly right. Uh, my my first exposure to regular church attendance was with my grandparents. I don't want to be redundant, but they were godly people. And every time the church door was open, uh, my grandparents was there, and uh, they they took me sometimes reluctantly, but nevertheless I went. And uh, then at th- that point in time, uh, the old the ladies of the church they used to have sewing circles, and uh, so that we'd have those during the week, and and so uh, our our spare time, a lot of our spare time was actually uh, involved and 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 uh, controlled or or. Dominated by church activity, and that was my first experience. He, uh, I, I had never been experienced to uh, to church before.
0: Were your grandparents were they Pentecostal Christian? What kind of church was that?
1: Well, my grandparents went to a to a Christian church.
0: Okay. Did you like it? Did you, as a kid, were you attracted to God? Was Jesus something of interest to you, or was it? You did it more just because your grandparents did it.
1: I did it because my grandparents insisted that I go. Uh, (laughs) There there was nothing there, I'm sorry to say, but the truth of the matter is that, you know, uh, uh, I I, I was not attracted to Christ or to the church at that point in my life. Uh, I was later on. I'll share that with you. But uh, at this point in time, no.
0: Yeah, well, it's still good that we make our kids and our grandkids go to church, Jerry. Do you agree with that?
1: I do. You know, I, I, but I've learned something. Uh, they may not look like they're listening, but you're mm-hmm. programming them. All they right. are yeah. listening. So yeah. <laughs> we we need to understand that the children are listening to you, and you may not fully understand that, but uh, they are listening. And it's
0: amazing. So, your grandparents become your first exposure to God. And they also left a real mark on you. And, I, man, I appreciate that because I agree with you, Jerry. I, same story in regards to me as my parents were divorcing, separating, my grandparents, my grandma, Grandpa Johnson, really became my lifeblood. They really became so important and such valuable figures. So I want to encourage people, somebody that's listening today, if if you got a grandkid uh, and there's some of those brokenness or issues happening in your family, don't forget the mark and the influence that you can be in your children and your grandchildren as well.
1: Well, that's that's true. And, and you know, the Bible says, bring up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he shall not depart from it
0: yeah so it says here in your in your story that then some years later your grandpa you got a call that your grandpa's dying
1: yes that's uh, that that's true i don't know how many years i put down six or eight years but uh, you got to understand i'm i'm grasping at time but <laughs> nonetheless the facts are real but we got a call and, and my grandfather was dying and so we got up and left uh, and rushed down to joplin uh, in order to be with him and uh, uh there was a, there there's a, there's a, a fact you know, I have heard of stories about somebody that uh, saw an angel in Arizona or someplace else but when it happens to your own people in your own home where you've lived it becomes real and my grandfather was lying in bed and and he would he was dying at that point in time and he looked up at my grandmother and he said pearl which was her name and she said pearl do you hear the music? Wow. She said, no, Levi, I don't hear anything. Oh, he said, listen, Pearl. He <laughs> said, the most beautiful music wow. I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And uh, it wasn't too long. And he said, Pearl, look, look at the foot of the bed. He said, can you see the angel? Mm. And uh, she said, no, I can't see the angel. And he said, look, he said, he's got her, her, he's, she's got her arms out, holding out back there. Mm. He said, the most beautiful angel I ever saw. <laughs> Wow. And so my grandfather at that point in time closed his eyes and went off to be with God. But that that instant hmm. had a life changing profound yeah. effect on me that that was indelibly etched in my mind and in my spirit.
0: Hmm. And you were there. You were there in that moment as well or your grandma told you that story
1: my 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 grandmother told me that story we were actually we were on the we were on the process of driving to there when this occurred but what a
0: powerful story oh my amazing my my i can't wait to hear the music and see the angels (laughs) myself jerry right it's coming it's coming whether he returns or i take that last breath we're going to get there so from that point on then your grandpa dies and then you move to uh, from kansas city back to joplin
1: that's correct yeah at that point in time then i, I moved from kansas city back down to joplin and uh, my grandmother was alone and so uh i i left my uh, left my mother and, and my stepfather in in kansas city and uh, came down to joplin that i could uh, take care of my grandmother and uh, at that point in time i i got a job i wanted to uh, didn't want to be a deadbeat so <laughs> yeah i uh, i got a job and went to work in a machine shop in joplin and uh I, uh, I i was i was i can remember back when i was a young child and i would come down and visit them uh entertainment for me was to find an old carburetor and take it apart and see what made it work and put it back <laughs> together and repaired it and uh, i've uh I I, I I flunked english in school but mechanics has just been mechanics and <laughs> geometry okay. has, has just been my gift and so uh i got a job in, in a machine shop and and uh i was uh i was kind of gifted at it now God says that he gives everyone talents. Yes. So one, he got one talent and one's got five talents. And let, let me encourage you out there. Yes. If you want to be successful in this journey that we call life, there's there's a key to that. And the thing that you're gifted at is thing that you usually do well because the things that you struggle at uh, you don't like very well and so the, the things and and the vocations that, that that you're gifted at are usually as a general rule are those that you do well and you enjoy doing so if you want to be if you want to be successful in life, you find the gift that God has given you and perfect that gift. If you're going to be a window washer, be the best window washer you yeah. can be, and Amen. God will honor you and will elevate you. I don't care what vocation you're going into. If you're gifted at it and you work at it and yes. you perfect it, God will honor that. Amen. I have two I have
0: two life principles that I, I've tried to put my kids, Jerry, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but Two things. Everything you do, do as unto the Lord. Whether you're washing windows, preaching a sermon, playing the guitar, do it as if it's for God. And secondly, make the most of every opportunity. Right now, the opportunity that you have in front of you might not seem like some world changing opportunity, but but you make the most of that. Make it count and do it as unto the Lord.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Amen. So you got you get into mechanics and then you start going to work at this place called Hit Train no or what is that no no well okay
1: you, you no. Know, I, uh, I i uh, i i went to work there and and uh, anyway there was a uh, i was driving to work and i had a, a fellow co-worker that was riding me uh, riding with me in my car and uh, i was buzzing down and and as a young teenager and 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 uh, you know i was always in a hurry and and the, the bottom line was was i ran in and i hit a train hit a kansas okay. southern train and so, uh, boy, listen, that, that boogered me. I broke my neck, and, and wow. uh, I destroyed the car, and, and it's a wonder that it just had to be the hand of God we even got out of that thing. But uh, uh, anyway, I did. I, I, I hit a train. I hit about three foot back from front of the engine. couldn't make it across tracks. And uh, so anyway, uh, that put me in the hospital and laid me on my bed and flat on my back in traction. And and uh, you know uh, there I was uh, alone and nobody here but grandma and a few people I worked with and and so I had a lot of time but the 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 thing I want to share with you now is the impact that you can have on someone's life because here I am disabled unable to get around out of the bed and uh, in my walked in my door in my room was a man that I had never seen before nor have I ever seen him since and he was a Baptist preacher called Jim Stacy, And Jim walked into my room and walked over to the bed as if he had known me all and smiled at me and took a hold of my hand and he said, son, are you a Christian? And you know at that time, play games was over. Yeah, (laughs) I knew all the games to play at church. I knew all the buttons to push. I knew everything, you know, the little church routines because I'd been exposed to it for a year. But that point in time of my life, Games were over mm. and it was God time. Wow and so Jim got over there and led me to the Lord in that old hospital room. never seen the man named since but he'll he'll never know the impact that mm. he had by just walking in a room. And so anyway uh, I and got that, saved in that room
0: and that's what I was alluding to the you know the opportunity today, Could be the day that you could lead someone to Christ. Today is the day that you could make that mark on someone if you just open up your eyes. Imagine if Jim Stacy would have walked by your room, right? And just kind of, well, he looks like he's busy. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to bother him, but he was obedient. And that moment, that one single act of obedience changed your life. That is so powerful.
1: Well, it, it it is, you know, and and like I say, it it uh, it 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 changed my life. Between that and 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 the story of my grandfather and that type of thing, it, it had a profound influence. But anyway, I need to get on with my life, <laughs> or i run out of time on this thing. But anyway, uh, I got married and uh, uh, met the love of my life, and uh, we're still married. We've been married for sixty-five years. Oh my goodness! And uh, met the love of my life, and I worked about. I'm going to say. Uh, about 12 years in that machine shop there uh started out sweeping floors and left doing their tube and die work and their part processing and, <laughs> and so anyway um, i i thought well if i can make a, a a living for for someone here perhaps maybe i could do it for myself and so i ventured out a little bit and uh, bought a little old small machine shop a one-man operation and uh, decided i was going to start my own business and uh, so that's what I did. I, I, I left a, a secure job and uh, ventured out on faith and uh, started my own machine shop. And it had to be something mechanical because that's the only thing I know how to do. Okay.
0: <laughs> wow. And so then you're, you're married, you're stepping out in faith, and then you become, this is the moment now where not only you're stepping out in terms of a, a job, a vocation, a business, but now you're starting to step out in the calling of God as well, right?
1: Well, that's that that's true. That was that that's the, is a talent that God gave me and I just clung uh, cling on to that talent and tried to keep perfecting it. But anyway, uh, to go on I uh, I uh, was saved, we talked about that and yep. I became deeply involved w- with the church. And uh, I became to emulate what my grandparents had taught me and that yeah. is when the doors of the church are open, you need be there. <laughs> And Praise I God. became very, very deeply involved in the church and, and uh, uh, very deeply involved and uh, uh, held a number of positions in there. And then finally, uh, the church came up, and they uh, licensed and ordained me, and I began to preach around in the area. I filled the pulpits of of churches who were pastorists while they were interim pastor or uh, around here or there and, and preached some revivals and so forth. And I, I preached around the area for uh, 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 a good number of years.
0: Yeah, wow, that's that's powerful. Jerry, I know it's something, it seems so small and minute, but could you just hit on that again in terms of going to church? I've read articles that vary, but they say now that what's considered a good Christian only goes to church two to three times a week. Another article I read said you might only have seven opportunities a year with individuals, and we're losing that value of going and being and active and involved in the church. We need, a res- we need a revival of people that want to love, embrace, and be a part of the church once
1: again. Well, the, the thing about it is the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. And that don't mean so we can have a social hour. That really means because as we draw together the spirit of God, the very revelator of God, can come and begin to work on your heart and on your life and begin to instruct you and to teach you things of the things of God. And as we draw together, you see... Pastor, I, I draw strength from your testimony yes. when you share it with me. And I say, well, hallelujah. Yeah. And then hopefully yeah. someone else can draw strength from a share, from a testimony that I give, which is actually part of my life. And so the, 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 the joining of ourselves together, uh, uh, causes us to grow in the kingdom of God. And uh, we need to be a grow, a more aggressive on that because at this point in time, we're losing the battle, Pastor.
0: Yeah, we are. We are. We need to get back to it. And I'm, I'm feeling stronger right now, just in the last 20 minutes talking to you. Thank you very much, Jerry Carnes. Well, you get saved now. You're tracking in a good direction, but then something radical happens. You get filled with this the Holy Spirit, yes. the Holy Ghost. You get this. How, how did that happen for you?
1: Well, uh, like I say, I was I was very involved in in a church and and uh, ordained and and I, I don't want to be redundant on that, but uh, uh, I, I I met a man uh, uh, who. Uh, uh, I was greeting at the church at the door at the door of the church one time, and this man walked in, and he had moved in the area, and he was from Assembly of God background. Yeah. And uh, I, I met him, and, and we became friends, and we had dinner in one another' house, and this and that and the other. And anyway, uh, to condense the story, uh, he introduced uh, me to the filling with the Holy Spirit, and uh, that was something uh, that uh, I had not been introduced to before. And uh, it, uh, it it took a little bit of time. But uh, uh, after a few sessions, and we had prayer meetings. And, and I say we because there was a number of us involved in that and uh, God began to work, and each of us individually began to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, we began to want to serve God, and and uh, uh, began reaching out, and, and uh, my, my, I, I can tell you lots of stories of how the yeah. church began to grow and something, but uh, rather than getting into an individual thing, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> just pass that up, but I, I, I would say that The the whole thing, the whole genesis of this thing is I was seeking more of God. Yes. And uh, I was seeking more of God, and I got introduced with a filling of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking by the tongue, and and it it, it happened.
0: That's awesome. uh,
1: so anyway. um, (laughs) Praise God. It it had consequences, though.
0: Yeah. Well, Jerry, you're saved. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're doing the work of God, preaching. But I think one thing that we discover if, if we stay in Christianity long enough is that the church isn't perfect people aren't perfect, and sometimes we can run into negative encounters or experiences in the church, and you had some of that as well.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, It it wasn't too long until uh, some of the leadership of of the church uh uh learned that uh, we had been having prayer meetings and that uh, uh some of the members were being filled with the holy spirit <laughs> and uh, so anyway uh i i am just eluding uh, that the events that happened and uh, so it wasn't too long until uh, some leadership came to my uh house and and walked in and and uh, they said, we, we want your, uh, we want your uh, uh, license and your ordination, and uh, uh, you will not be able to, to serve uh, any longer uh, because uh, you are in conflict with what we believe uh, to be the Word of God. And I find no fault with them. Uh, I, I understand w- what they're saying, but uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, uh, it, uh, the church today has become so tribal that we cannot reach out to someone of right. another denomination.
0: Yeah.
1: And and this this causes a a, a splintering or division yes. in in the in, in the in the in the church of our great god and it ought not be so. And so yes. uh, you, you you need to understand that that, that just because you're tribal and, and you reject someone else just because <laughs> yeah. they don't feel, we see the same thing yeah. in politics today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and quite frankly, Pastor, I became bitter. And I didn't understand why that someone that I had served for 20 years for had never, hmm. never, ever caused any division and would never have caused any division. Yeah. And, and why that I was rejected, kicked out, condoned, uh, condemned, and, and, and moved out. And, and I left the church and I told my wife, I said, I'll never darken the door of another church. I'll never open my heart up to another man or people that they'll be able to cut into my heart and my spirit Mm. like this has done. I am done, Mm. and uh, I left.
0: Yeah, and you know, the Bible says, guard, this one, the verse I love that I've held onto myself as a pastor is, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life, and Man, I've had, Jerry, I've had negative experiences. I've had attacks. I've had these things that have happened in the context of the church. And guess what? Like you just said, they hurt. And I've told people this before. I said, man, I got scars all over my body from being a Christian. You just can't see them because I cover them up well. But that's going to happen. We're going to walk through those. And those are really peak or monumental moments where we have to make a decision are we going to keep following Jesus, stay faithful, stay the course, even in the midst of some of the exterior things that are happening, which which in, happens to be people in the church sometimes? So you went from now really chasing God, going after him, being open and available to be used by him, to now kind of like, hey, I'm kind of done with this. And then you just begin to immerse yourself in business.
1: I completely, yes. That's, that's an accurate statement. I, I immersed myself completely in my business for the next few years. I don't know exactly. It was about a year, I believe. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, I was driving home at night, and and uh, uh, I had to come home and eat, and I had some more business to do back over to, to the shop. And so I was going home to eat and, and to come back over to the shop and, and work later on in the night over there with some uh, night crew we had running. And anyway, to 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 condense the story, I don't I don't want to run out of time, but I I want yeah. to share with you how God can take the bad things, yes, and turn them into good. And anyway, I was driving home and and I, I hit another train, and uh, boy, listen, uh, <laughs> you
0: uh, and trains don't get along here, Jerry. In the no, story uh, of Jerry's cars,
1: this one liked to kill me and. Uh, Uh, I had bought, uh, it was in uh, 1967, and I had bought a brand-new 1967 Ford with a uh, 428-cubic-inch interceptor engine in it. And a guy pulled up by the side of his Chevrolet, and we took off. And uh, uh, I couldn't stop at the railroad track, and I hit that train. And I had just filled up with 20 gallons of of, uh, gasoline in the back of the tank. And I just got across the track and was kind of down in the ditch, and the train was running over the back of the car crunching the trunk back over there, broke the gas tank open, gasoline running down in the ditches and sparks going all over there. And I thought, God, I'm going to die. And so I reached over to the door on my driver's side to get out of the car and it was all crunched up and I couldn't get over, couldn't get it open. And so I reached over to the door on the right-hand side, the passenger door, and I couldn't get it open. And I tried to kick it open, and I injured a foot that I still have a little trouble with today, trying to kick that door open. And I was trapped in that car, train running over the back, sparks, gallons of gasoline underneath it. And I wow. said, God, I'm going to die here. Yeah. God, if you don't help me, I'm going to die. If you help me get out of this thing, I'll serve you, God. Help me get out of this thing, and I'm not going to burn alive in this car. I reached over and touched the door after that prayer. Now, you hear me well. I touched the door after that prayer, and the door flew open. And I crawled out of that car and crawled over there in in the ground. And, uh, boy, you talk about a life-changing experience. Uh, It... uh, it, it was another life-changing experience for me. And, and yeah. I decided there was a lot more things to make in this world than trying to make money.
0: Wow. And I love how God, you kind of had a, what's that Abrahamic type or where Abraham, Abraham wrestled with God and uh, touched the hip, you know, and he had to walk with the hip for the rest of his life. Well, man, God, you, you know, you're that foot injury still reminds you of that experience in that moment with God. And you're kind of like a cat here, Jerry, nine lives. You're surviving train wrecks and all kinds of stuff. But wow, what, what a powerful story. And so God begins to redeem and, was that a moment now, a kind of altar-type moment where you shift back to God?
1: Yes, yes. And uh, God led us to an Assembly of God church. And uh, so uh, I, uh, I I went to uh, – I began to move into an Assembly of God church and uh, I began to get back in the saddle again. And I knew a lot of the leadership. I was fortunate to become some of the leadership. But uh, we became almost the largest uh, – one of the largest Assembly of God churches in the state of Missouri. We ran 3,000 people. Wow. At, uh, at, on, the, on a Sunday morning service, and uh, uh, God allowed me to to preach to those people. We had a radio service. I preached Sunday after Sunday on the radio and to the congregation there when the pastor needed some help. But the point is this. I remain faithful, and Joel 25, 2.25 says this, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palma word, and verse twenty-six says, "And you shall eat in plenty." I went out from pastoring little old churches and preaching to somebody that had twenty-five and fifty. And while God doesn't look at numbers, He does look at numbers too. Yep. And I went out, and I was able to minister to three thousand people sitting in the auditorium, and another <laughs> ten to fifteen thousand on the radio, Sunday after Sunday. See, if you stay faithful with God, God will use you. Yes. So anyway, the uh, church issued me a new license to minister, and I was ordained again. And, and uh, I served there for about about 20 years. And uh, then uh, I I'm I physically moved. And uh, when I moved then, uh, I, I moved from the church I was serving at, and we came to Grace Point, which was at the time the name of it was First Assembly of God. Yep. And I came over here to Grace Point Assembly here, and I've been here about 20 years, <laughs> I guess, something like that.
0: Let's talk a little bit about, before we wrap up, Jerry, a little hitting on your music career, if you will, how you how you became a musician and got into, because now you have a gospel group, you travel, you sing, play music in different venues for people. How'd you get into that?
1: Well, uh, my wife is a very accomplished musician, and uh, she's taught piano for years, and uh, uh, she's, uh, she formed a, a gospel group uh, in, the, uh, in the church that we were uh, at uh, years ago and uh, she formed a gospel group uh, actually it was 47 years ago and so i kind of grew out of that group and uh, uh she needed a bass guitar player and so i picked up a bass and didn't know anything about music and uh, <laughs> so i just picked up a bass and i began to play in the bass guitar for them. and uh, we've been doing that ever since and uh, we uh, we we just kept ministering and uh, singing around all over the country we've we've we used to go to st louis and every place and sing around and and uh, anyway uh that that's how it came about and then we've made uh, I think about 14 CDs and recordings back over the years, and we make them just to share with people. Sometimes yeah. we give more away and we sell, but <laughs> none the best we do. And right now, now I'm in a gospel singing group, and, and uh, we have kind of shifted our focus from uh, going to so many churches, and we, we've been scheduling a lot of time. We've been going to nursing homes and, and uh, just loving the people in nursing homes and bringing them the Word of God and telling them that God still loves them.
0: Well, Jerry at 86 85. 85 85 some people say you might be getting a little old there jerry
1: well you know and, and you but know, you're still
0: going strong is the point i'm trying to make here. you're still doing the work of
1: god well it's strange that you that you mentioned that because there has been a number how many have, how do you know the devil keeps coming and 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 putting thoughts in your mind yes and, and a number of times the devil has come and put in my mind, you're too old. These young people don't want to hear you anymore. <laughs> but that's not really true because Amen. I see people healed. I Amen. lay hands on people. I see them filled with the Holy Spirit. I see lives that are changed. I see people that th- they get saved. Little 12-year-old girl we were ministering over in, in, in another town. And she was sitting there, and had that look on her face, and I went down and asked her if she was saved. And she said, I've been joined the church. Didn't ask you that. Have you invited Christ in your heart? And she said no, and I sweated to the Lord, and tears running down her wow. cheek, and she got saved. I talked to pastor the other day. She's involved in church. I mean, you never know. You yes. just need to keep yes. sowing. Let God give the increase.
0: Preach it, brother. Well, I was giving you a heart. I was joking with you the other day when I was at your house. I said, hey, you got the kind of stuff that guys like me want to buy, and you tried to sell it to me. And what I was really trying to say, Jerry, is that you, know, you have a lifetime of God experiences and encounters but you can't buy that. You have to live it. You have to walk through it. And so I'm at a certain point in my journey. Some of you that are listening, you're at a certain point in your journey and God's going to be doing certain things, stories he's writing in you, but just be faithful. Keep walking through it. Keep keep serving God with all that you have. Jerry, what do you kind of find today? Your, your, now your life anthem, some of those principles that you would share to people over and over again? You know what I'm saying? That message, that that one message that you feel just burns inside of you over and over, those God truths that you want to impart to people.
1: Well, the first thing I, I think about it is my family, and and it said, bring up a child in the way he should go, and he shall not depart from it. And I don't want to elevate my family, but every one of my uh, children are, are involved in church. They're leaders in church ministry and in the youth, and and uh, that that has been an inspiration to me. Not only are they involved in church, but you know, every one of my grandchildren are in church, and they're playing and they're serving God. And and it doesn't seem. Uh, don't be discouraged at where you are now, because you see. The world doesn't define who you are. God defines who you are. Amen. And when you discover what God has for you, then God will define that and He will refine it. And if you stay faithful to Him, He will perfect it within you and, and you'll be successful in the kingdom of God.
0: Amen. Jerry Carnes, that's a powerful story. I feel closer to you. I feel stronger. I feel blessed today because that story, and I know that you are blessed as well. Guys, thanks for joining us today on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Would you share this powerful story with someone else? Love to know about it. That was some amazing stuff. So thank you for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.